0: Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, the show where we learn how to hold 13 encyclopedias in one hand and 13 in the other, as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Barrett.
1: And I'm Kay. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Lauren.
0: And today we're tackling the 120th episode, An Illegitimate Concern. Lauren, you don't sound very happy to be here. Are you still upset about David? I'm, um, I'm
2: upset that they He's never ups- forgot the nitroglycerin. And they the and Dorothy never got to the piggly wiggly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I think we're upset because you just like didn't sound like yourself today. But of course, this is our amazing crossover episode with the So Good We Named It podcast. So welcome, Barrett and Kay.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Right. It's a pleasure to be here. Laughter from the audience. <laughs> Isn't he gorgeous? so yeah so we're talking about an illegitimate concern and um we actually thought this episode would be super appropriate because um as many of you know we had a fan episode you know last year late last year and barrett actually had a really interesting little scholarly bit um basically about how all of the men in the golden girls lives are kind of (laughs) scum (laughs) they're kind of shitty and this example you know in this episode of course where we find out that george has actually not only cheated on blanche but fathered a child and was paying child support (laughs) out of a no big trust deal. fund no big deal um that's a pretty big revelation right especially for someone like blanche who the entire series revolves around how man hungry she is but every single time george is concerned she talks about how she absolutely never cheated on him never even thought about it not once right so right. um so i it, it's just a perfect tie-in that you all are here to get today to talk about you know how george is uh, kind of shitty
0: Yeah, he's definitely the worst, even uh, more horrible than Sal, who you um, despise and rightfully so. Um, And I just, my thing is that the main focus is on him cheating, not even about the damn son that he's been paying for for 30 years or whatever. Uh, That just is insane to me.
3: But she had like no idea. She had no idea about the baby, the
1: cheating, anything. Not no, at all. I mean, she, she she does research, you know, later on and looks up, um, you know, a, a diary entry basically of hers and pieces it together that when George bought her these beautiful diamond earrings, um, he must have actually been feeling guilty about it, which I actually think is really good writing. Like it's kind of a fun, like investigative, mm-hmm. like report into her own life. But from Blanche's perspective, she had no clue.
0: I mean, I can see that she's self-involved and I don't assume she had anything to do with the money. So she wouldn't have noticed. Um, But if it wasn't for that, maybe they could have afforded a new roof, but all the money was gone (laughs) because it went to his ass. But, um, and rightfully so, that is his dad. But, you know, the fact that George wouldn't even think enough of David to want to be in his life, want him to meet his four brothers and two sisters or any (laughs) of that, like what an a-hole.
3: But how could you though, like he, you, you, first of all, you had an affair and second of all, you had a kid out of the affair, like how do you be like hey wife of XYZ years and mother of all my children, here's this other kid I
1: made with this other lady, like what.
0: Ask Travis Scott, I don't know. Oh my God, oh (laughs) my God. I mean. I think that's
1: the crux right, I think this is like what people talk about when they talk about infidelity you either have the kind of relationship where you bring it to the forefront and have a conversation about it with all of the inherent risks involved or you absolutely hide it until you're past dead yeah the guy shows up on your wife's doorstep two
0: options that's really it i would think that the you know wanting to be in your kid's life would supersede all of that but you know but who said he
3: wasn't in his life though
0: he didn't know anything about him he didn't know if he played uh baseball or I saw fishing. To go
3: fishing yeah
0: <laughs> right so he didn't know anything he, it he made it seem like he never fishing. contacted him
3: but just because david didn't know about his dad doesn't mean his dad didn't know about him though
0: well he knew but yeah. it doesn't appear that he tried to interact i will say that maybe he did um i might have mentioned it before but um, before my parents were married, my father had a daughter that he didn't know about and her mother never told her who her father was. And my father had no idea it wasn't until a couple of years ago that she finally got it out of her and was able to you know, meet him. And had he known, of course, he would have probably moved her in with us or something. But uh, maybe it's that type of scenario where maybe he tried and she's like, no, I just want your money. But I feel like as a lawyer, he would have fought for some custody or something. So either way, he, he didn't try hard enough, even if he did try
2: yeah, yeah a messy situation. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely messy. I feel like he wanted to cover it up because, like, I get the sense also just from his behavior of buying the earrings. Um, I feel like this was not his first rodeo, you know? Like, I don't know that I think George was, like, a serial cheater exactly, but I'm sure whenever he was, like, quote-unquote away on business, you know, at least, like, this episode leads me to believe that, like, there were other or could be other of yeah and like think about like you know big daddy um like big mommy accepting the Cadillac yeah. Eldorado for her birthday like that's how those mm-hmm. type of men dealt with that type of indiscretion was to like buy their wives a fancy gift and like the wives pro- like you know the thing is like would Blanche have just accepted it probably like I don't think they would have broken up and I don't think there would have been any other sort of like big consequences from her necessarily but Um, we don't know
0: I think it ruins his legacy because he was always like the pinnacle of the golden husbands and he went from the the best to the worst Charlie's like yeah not looking so bad now that I spent up all your money uh (laughs)
1: yeah
0: shitty insurance
1: salesman
0: you know he (laughs) he should at least feel some type of connection he would have wanted to meet him once in all of those years that's insane like he'd rather just put money on it
3: but i mean who's to say that he maybe not directly you know what i mean but like i don't know perhaps he did have some type of like indirect knowledge of how he grew up or whatever from the mom perhaps
0: Hmm. making excuses you a george defender now but, no, I'm
3: not a George <laughs> defender, but I just know that it's like a really messy situation. And if you're not ready to blow up your whole spot, like you, you know, it's only so He's much. blowing
0: enough. Okay. All right,
3: then
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you bet. And that yeah, yeah, blowing one. is how we got in this mess. Okay.
2: <laughs> Thanks,
3: you guys.
0: Um... All right. And even use protection. Like he could have given her a disease or anything. That's the part care. that
3: kills me. Like when men cheat on their wives or even their girl, girlfriends or whatever, right? Like why, or boyfriends or whatever you're, however you live your life, right? We're open here. We accept everyone. Why <laughs> don't you use protection? Like, why not? Why would you put yourself in a predicament that could be so costly all across the board? Like health-wise, you can make a kid. Like, why would you do that?
0: Maybe that's part of the thrill. Maybe that's their kink. Mm.
1: <laughs> the rhythm, rhythm method.
0: <laughs> I I just yeah, thought exactly. of it. <laughs> but um, I think I think
1: I think you're right about like that's this just men of this time, like heterosexual men of this time, and particularly in the South, it's one of these like I I don't I, I my my curiosity is around Blanche because I do feel like certain women of this time just sort of accepted it tacitly, even though they were outly actually mad about it obviously but it was sort of this like that's what men do you know like the infidelity is part of it but it's it's interesting in this episode because Blanche's reaction is that she never expected George to be like that you know and then and and I don't think we go and you alluded to this before when you were just sort of like yeah man it's no big deal um I I think I I expected Blanche to go into more like anger and heartache actually than shown. And there's plenty that's shown, but I think that like, it wraps up a little too neatly for me. Um, and and I, for one, take a lot, I, I kind of take a lot of issue with David is like, hey, I know this is hard for you. You know, this is painful, but I, there's so much I need to know. And you're like, just get out of the house, dude. <laughs> like, it's not the time. Have you ever heard
2: of the phone? Call
1: someone <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, a or write a letter. <laughs>
0: I, think I mean, I know me, it's a
1: sitcom. We got to move along, but come on.
0: I think Blanche is more upset that she was cheated on. Like, like the, uh, you know, Dean oh, yeah. would prefer Rose over me. I think it's that type of thing of how dare him cheat on me? Not, oh, he's a cheater. Right, and I right. think it's also like, well, I could have cheated a bunch of times and he didn't. Like when you get fired from a job, you really wanted to quit. Like, well, how dare you? Um, I think that's more so what her issue is, just knowing Blanche
1: that's yeah. a good analogy i really like the when you get fired from a job and you wanted to quit exactly right. yeah that's really fascinating but anyway so what, so what do we think of david i want i want to i want to hear everybody's thoughts on david i just kind of let mine loose a little bit of like being like okay you're really going about this this super creepy way <laughs> and then yeah. you kind of bombard this poor woman
0: well first of all i i wonder what george was thinking when janet's like oh i have a a new baby i'm gonna name him david Mm. Um, <laughs> he's probably triggered every time he heard the name
1: <laughs> um, shit wow didn't even think about that brilliant
0: um, he was just I, like
2: very quiet when they picked that name no <laughs> oh, i okay <laughs> i
0: instantly knew him from desperate housewives paul young um that's where i knew him first and he was creepy as hell on desperate housewives and he was creepy as hell on here so maybe that's uh-huh. just his thing but i think like you said, the whole way he did it was just super weird. Like sitting outside, following her to the grocery store. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> That's the best way to do this? Like, it's already a devastating thing. And then you lead up to it by like being a creep.
3: Yeah, he seemed really weird. He, like, on sight, he was
2: really odd. I'm like, he's weird.
0: Yeah, he's wearing those jeans, though. I will say. <laughs> How are you doing, David? But
2: tight uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those are nice. I see that. I see that. Um yeah like I think that you know obviously Blanche's anger is so totally misdirected at him um which we'll we'll definitely get into um but he doesn't seem to like get where she'd be coming from at all or even to understand that like you'd have to deliver this news kind of like we're all saying like kind of gently and even all that aside like yeah the following her around is weird it's totally not relevant you know where she lives like why do you have to follow her to the grocery store
1: like probably i get he's like the, he's trying to probably build up the courage to like talk to her about it i guess but yeah. like but yeah lauren you, you hit the nail on the head of like yeah it's misdirected anger towards him but also like he he's he's i don't know he's acting like his fucking father where he's not considering <laughs> the woman in his life's feelings like hello <laughs> like it's not just about you bro and you had to know if like you went fishing or whatever or hobbies and she <laughs> I do love he had at least one
2: <laughs> yeah he was flattered <laughs> that, she was flattered by it and like that's the thing also that I think about why she's so upset with George is because so much of Blanche's self-worth is is wrapped up in men liking her and I think that like George was like the gold standard of that like I think she really thought he was a prize and so that he chose her I think was something that really gave her a lot of confidence um and to have that torn down I think is is a real blow to her ego in addition to like dealing with the heartache of the person that she loved cheating on her and finding out that she is a illegitimate stepson um I feel like all of that together hey. it lines up you know it's a lot
1: but don't you agree that like I almost feel like this should be a two-part episode because we need to go deeper into that with Blanche like that's the entire crux of a her lot of character. episodes should be two parts <laughs> yes that's very yeah. fair that's very fair yeah but I, I just mean like the you hit the nail on the head Lauren yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> she didn't even
0: get to go which is upsetting
1: I mean Doug Henning was there um the I uh, yeah I just I think that this is like Lauren you said you know this is such a crux of the Blanche character and like the turmoil that she has to be like going through and reeling from this like I just don't I want to see more because I really think it's like it really builds it, it 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 builds up more, I think, behind the scenes than we get to see,
0: and this is definitely someone that I would have wanted to see again. I guess he's in the Golden place too, with everyone else that we'll never see again. But he's someone <laughs> who definitely deserved another episode. But you know, Blanche loves a stalker and a creep. you know she loved Meryl. So <laughs> um, I, I think that that part wasn't really bothering her at all. Um, but and then the whole encyclopedia thing, like what the hell are you talking about? Like <laughs> he just excuse me, me I walk. have to
1: make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I just felt like also
1: were encyclopedia salesmen still a thing in the 80s? I guess that's so. in my notes
0: too. Like, was was that a thing like that? Mm, I can't imagine. I mean, we had encyclopedias when I was a kid, um, but I don't recall someone selling them to us at the door. So I'll have to ask my mother in between episodes of The Good Doctor um, how she acquired those <laughs> encyclopedias.
1: <laughs> well, I I was like did you get fresh
3: encyclopedias? Yeah. <laughs> Complete and total sidebar. Like before the internet, we had to use encyclopedias to like do schoolwork and write papers.
0: Genitalia, female um yeah exactly um, <laughs>
1: sexual genitalia female
0: now okay i definitely
1: our encyclopedia set was absolutely bought from somebody at door-to-door at my grandmother's house like but it was from 1950 and i distinctly remember having to look up something about jfk and he was not an entry <laughs> i was like <laughs> i don't know if this is helping yeah
0: my mother said they had encyclopedias she said they were like the only family in the neighborhood that did so kids would come and use their encyclopedia set
1: oh wow interesting
0: we had Funk and Wagnalls, which I just looked up just now to see if what? they're even in business anymore. Um, they were founded in 1875, but they're now defunct. Funk and Wagnalls
1: was Funk the name Wagnels. of the oh, yeah.
0: encyclopedia uh, company that we had.
1: I, I believe we had the World Book. I think that was We had those
0: two. I guess we just had a, a overabundance of encyclopedias in my home.
1: What's Britannica?
0: That's yeah. Britannica is awesome.
2: the classic. I feel like, or like Britannica's the one that I had. I feel like oh, I
0: have. Ahead. And then we moved on to Incarta and Netscape
2: Yes, Incarta. <laughs> Early days of the internet. Yeah.
0: Enough lookers brought to you in part by Incarta. <laughs> um,
2: Available for sponsorship. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're all kind of saying that he's the sex pray psycho with the granny cup Like that's who he that's what he presents as. And so like when Dorothy and Rose have their suspicions, I mean Rose, I guess, but like Dorothy has her suspicions. It's a little like, OK, I don't know if we need to be that scared in the beginning. But then like when he's following her around and he's like sitting when he's outside in the car.
1: House, yeah, she's like, going to go outside
0: alone yeah. in the dark. <laughs>
1: exactly. And then she invites him in. That was that's the weirdest part. She opens the door to confront him. And then she's like, David, come sit down like like a little child. And you're like, Dorothy's like, you can feel Dorothy's vibe being like, didn't I just tell you this guy's a creep? Like, why is he in our house right now? (laughs) He would not do that.
0: We have our 2022 glasses on and maybe back then it wasn't a big deal. You know, somebody breaks down in front. Hey, can I use your phone? Sure. Come on in. So maybe it was different. But I wonder, was he supposed to be creepy or is that just how that guy played the character?
1: No, but I mean, like, well, I think he's supposed to be nervous, but I think my point is that Blanche and Dorothy have a conversation about him being obsessed with Blanche, and then she invites him into the house (laughs) to, like, get him a talking, to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I guess it makes sense from a Blanche perspective, but if I was Dorothy, I'd be like, what did I just tell you?
3: (laughs) That's typical Blanche Devereaux, because she thought he was obsessed with her at first, so so she's all for it
2: yeah she would totally i mean like it's like you said like it's totally like meryl like anybody who is obsessed with her and even when she finds out that like he does when he's like oh i don't have those feelings for you she's like oh you know like she's like not she has no idea what
1: else it could possibly be carl i'm dumping you for coach
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i'd be more scared at that point like what the hell does he want then if that's not it
1: yeah right you're like i
0: can't even imagine i guess uh it doesn't matter as long as there's a man involved your life can be in jeopardy and it's fine. uh uh-uh. Yeah, exactly. Going back
1: to our earlier conversation. Whatever. It's
0: Do you think she can right. handle
1: it? Right, that's, right. That's her
0: problem. She thinks she that's can handle true. everything.
1: <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Damn it. Bless. Um let's talk about let's talk about our lovely bee story, which i again, you know, Lauren and i constantly talk about uh how there's actually like a lot of there are a lot of these like heavy A storylines that have to have like a silly B storyline to back it up. So let's talk about, you know, Sonny and Cher.
0: <laughs> um, I, oh. I, looked, I looked up, uh, <laughs> what's his name? You know, trying to be scholarly. Uh, what's, is it Doug Henning? Doug um, Henning. Yeah. Henning. I Henning looked him up. Canadian <laughs> right, musician and escape artist and politician. That's quite a resume that he has. He has a lot going on. Um, but I didn't know who that was until today. So I'm sure it's in Matt Browning's book.
3: I was gonna say, did you look up in <laughs> your cultural reference guide from Matt I Browning? I didn't. I,
0: I was uh, kind of strapped for time. So I just Googled it, but okay. I'm sure it's in the book.
2: But they, she does kind of look like him. You saw it. You saw he does. Him.
0: I, that was a good reference Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I saw the picture.
1: But yeah, I, this is one of those absolutely classic Golden girl scenes that just makes me smile every time. And I really, like, I kind of forgot in watching this episode when they start talking about the Shady Pines pageant, like where it was going. <laughs> you know, I almost forgot that that was like the scene that, uh, that comes up. And just, oh my God, Rose's eyes at the piano <laughs> when they walk in. <laughs> She's so terrified. It's incredible.
0: Do they rent this piano every time they need to enter a contest or is it just always there off to the <laughs> no, they side? They roll it out we of the fourth
1: wall. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And um, again, some excellent fake piano playing. You really could have fooled me, Betty. Um, it looks very realistic. So my hat's off to you.
1: She's
0: the greatest um, I... I love that uh, they they mentioned the which one's Cheech, which one's Chong since he later shows up in Sarah's favorite show, The Golden Palace.
1: I was uh, literally going to say, <laughs> made me think of you. I was watching and I was like, oh, my God, perfect reference for a tie-in, right? Talk about a crossover. Like, what do we have also. to do to
0: get you to watch it? Can I get like a change.org petition going that would convince you? Are you just so adamant? <laughs> Cash Did money.
1: Never? Cash money. Uh-huh.
0: Everyone send in these funds. Uh, we got to make this happen. Just yeah, there's a
1: GoFundMe. You know
0: go <laughs> it makes me want you to watch it even more knowing that you don't want to. Um,
1: <laughs> see, this <but> is delightful.
0: <laughs> I, I love uh, I love B in, in anything tight because she's always wearing such loose stuff. So I love that the pants were a little snug on B. We got to see yeah. her leg. Um, and I thought it was cute. I know that's one, like her favorite episode because that, scene kind of encompasses their relationship but if someone had asked me for a million dollars what is the a story for the sunny and share thing i've right. not have been able to tell anyone
1: that's what it's, i'm saying it's, it's like stands- they come out of nowhere it's amazing
2: yeah it totally stands on its own um and it's yeah like b they both look so great the costuming is so great but i um i love b also sort of like doing share you know like she does like <laughs> like you know um like uh jack from will and grace like i feel like he.
0: Very much. Very much. That, so.
2: From that, you know, like the lip Whoa. and the hair and everything. It's so funny.
0: It's so great. And I was kind of disappointed that they cut it off. I was like, you're not going to do the whole song. Um, but and then they sit there talking in these outfits, which we don't see a lot. They do have a lot of crazy outfits, but it's rare that they just sit down and keep talking in these outfits. That's right, a really, really good
1: point. Thing. You're right.
0: Um i I'm interested, is it possible to just enter this pageant even though you don't live at Shady Pines? Can anyone just enter like what are the rules here?
1: Yeah, it feels like you know <laughs> it's it's a some sort of a like scam that that Sophia pulled because she knew uh-huh. some of the people in charge. But yeah, I had the same question.
3: Maybe because it was a previous resident of Shady
1: Pines.
0: She's grandfathered in your favorite right. okay. yeah,
1: it's an alumni thing perhaps. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Gladys, I think, is the name. I need to make a, a list of all of the old ladies she references because I'm like, I thought they were friends and now this is her arch nemesis?
1: Well, it's kind of a mix, you know, with, like, with Sophia, <laughs> a little bit of for sure. For but I do, I love when, uh, you know, they're talking about even going there and Dorothy's like, can't we just wear black? And she's like, you gotta watch out. Like, you wear black and Shady Pines, they'll stop the show <laughs> for a head count.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, very... Very uh, realistic based on what she's told us over time. And um, when she mentions the uh, dresses that she's going to do the cartwheels, it's interesting that they say that because the only other time they mentioned doing a cartwheel is when Dorothy dropped Sophia off at Shady Pine. She says that was the last time I did a cartwheel. It was a good day. (laughs) That's right. So it's always linked to Shady Pines, but I would love to see either of them, especially both of them at once, do a cartwheel. Um, with the matching panties, of <laughs>
2: course. Um, Shady Pines brings out the gymnast in both of them.
0: It does. <laughs> um, Quite. And the first scene, she mentions her wedding date of being 1949. And I'm like, does that match up? Would that be, it's 38 years going to equal 1985? I, I didn't do the math in my head, and I can't do it now. Um, but I feel like that's a little early, because she was class of 48 at the Dorothy Kill Trudy party, and she got married in high school or right out of high school um where's mark socking when i need him um but i think they just pulled that that uh date out of nowhere which as he says because he didn't give a shit so i guess (laughs) yeah because michael's still 30 (laughs) and 23 i think the first (laughs) time him. (laughs) Um, also i have here uh a note that just says b loves a good bow tie because uh
1: Oh yes, Once Absolutely.
0: again, she has a, a bow tie on. That's just her signature. I don't know if she's Nation of Islam or what, uh, <laughs> but, but she Shut wears up. quite a bit. Uh, but it works for her. I don't think everyone could pull that off. I know I couldn't.
2: No, it's a yeah, good, yeah. it's a good look. It's for a her. Look.
1: It's a great look. Um, I, all right, let's go back to the the men are scum piece uh, here.
0: Uh- <laughs> I'm always down because they are.
1: because <laughs> they are. It's true. Um, I. You know, it's I, I really love how Dorothy sort of like sums up those theories, right? Cause they actually they get a bit scholarly of like, why do men do this? Right. So I think it's really interesting harkening back to what we we're saying before about like there's almost like a pseudo-expectation that you're Heterosexual husband might cheat on you, right? Although, of course, in Blanche's case, like not with me ever, you know? So I love that Dorothy breaks it down (laughs) like, you know, men are victims of this evolutionary process and then men are scum. And it's just, it's perfect for laughs, but it's also like literally a debate that people are having today about like when you agree to a monogamous relationship, sometimes. And quite often a man in a heterosexual relationship will be like, yeah, 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 but this is what (laughs) we do anyway. You know, it's like, it's not actually, the agreement is not equal on both sides. Um, And I think it's really, it's really funny. Like, so the way she says men are scum, it actually reminds me. So my great grandmother, um, when she was in the hospital with one of her like many, many, you know children. Uh she had a roommate who was this like Polish lady who had nine children. It was just like something epic, you know. And and my apparently my great grandmother had like just commented like thinking about that of like, oh my God, like all of these children. She just was like, men are pigs. <laughs> 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 like, it's a really awesome line that I only heard from my mother like a few years ago. But it's like this has just been affecting women just Forever, and you know, and it's just like it's such. It's it's just such. It's just such an interesting, you know, way that like Dorothy just speaks about it matter of factly because everyone in the room has gone through it or seen it in some other relationship in their lives, um which is wild. Even 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 Rose offers her you know milk toast version of <laughs> of Charlie, <laughs> but also says something along the lines of like, you know, divorce was illegal. It's it's just really interesting that like to your. You know, point Barrett, that you'd said, of like, it's just so accepted. And it's just such a shame because, again, these women are entering these relationships with what they think is an understanding between both parties equally. And it's not. Right.
0: Um, Dorothy reminded me of when they talked about the sperm bank of like having, you know, an intellectual response, but then also being like, Ugh. so right. it's kind of the same thing. And I feel like Rosa was real high and mighty for her to be freaking out two years later because Blanche was in the bed with him, and she didn't Straight even question up. that that could, you know, be a mistake when she was just like, "Oh my, Charlie's never cheated on me." And then, you know, look what happens. So that's what you get. Uh, <laughs> oh,
2: and once again, the diaries really come into play. Um, I also right. would be would be remiss if I that, um, My my grandmother had thirteen children.
0: <laughs> Mine had fourteen. Not that this is yeah, a competition. So- but
1: well. uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that same great grandmother had 12. I'm not saying that yeah, she hey, want to get work. in on it's this.
3: Just... Um, I can't relate. So, Damn. yeah, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> but, you know, um, what we're saying, I you know, what we're
3: saying my, my, my grandmother, because I was adopted like twice, but I digress. Um, I think one of my grandmothers had like 10 or 11 kids. So it's a thing.
0: Yeah, it was just what you did back then, you know?
2: Yeah, it was, there was nothing thing, else to
3: do.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. No wonder you never heard of "I Love Lucy." Um,
1: <laughs> the only i <laughs> Why do you think I'm knocked up right now? You know, we're in a pandemic, true,
0: true.
3: Right, and you're bored. What else can you do?
0: Um, <laughs>
1: I don't watch TV. Right, yeah, <laughs> so, <here you> <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, but I think that it, it is just you know, and I think that's probably why Blanche had the most kids, even though she was the least motherly, is because she likes sex the most. So I guess that makes sense which I don't think was addressed, but, you know. But seriously. though,
3: Rose said her and Charlie had sex like every day, right? But Blanche yeah. liked
0: it the most. Rose, I think, was just doing it to be doing it because she says it was years before she knew what made her eyes roll back in her head.
1: Slut is dead. Um, <laughs> although, boyfriend.
0: Uh, on Golden Palace, Sarah's favorite show, uh, we find out that Blanche had never had an orgasm before until Golden Palace, which, I don't know how I feel about that.
3: So, what right, was that not not <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not canon. So-
0: what (laughs) she says she thought that she was having it but she realized she didn't really have it until this guy so i'm like if she was doing all of that for what was she going crazy for what was she
3: going crazy for with all these men then i
0: good foreplay i don't know (laughs) self-esteem wow um (laughs) that was a great oh i guess she was trying to trying to figure out you know how to have the big O. so she's like let me just go through everyone just to make sure just to be sure that i'm having it um because rose was just saying it was nice to be near charlie so it wasn't about the sensation you know like a york peppermint patty uh she just wanted (laughs) to be near charlie so i think blanche liked the actual act because, you know, Sophia would say, oh, it's been 15 years since I've had sex or whatever, and she would have it every now and then, you know, I care for you, and Dorothy, she would always say "Oh, she didn't need a man. So I think they felt like sex is okay, but Blanche was like, I need it, I love it, it's amazing. Yeah.
3: But, and, but what's so amazing about it, because you don't really I don't like know you're having sex with, because <laughs> you have so many guys. So like, what is, it can't be the experience because it's not an intimate experience, obviously. So what I mean, are you liking so much? I, I would like assume
0: it about- still feels good. Even if you don't finish the getting there part is still okay, I I would assume.
1: Half the fun is in getting there.
0: Right. So I guess she she liked all of that. But from what I hear, women can have multiples. So maybe maybe the guy go Golden Palace gave her multiples. That's what I'll go with for canon purposes. Um, <laughs>
2: Thanks. That's thinking. fair. That's fair. Because- there's gotta be something. I feel like we've heard a lot about <laughs> a lot of great success that she's had in the bedroom. So I feel like, you know, what about the Purple Martin or all of these other guys that she's been with? One of them had to have figured it out.
0: I mean, there's just so much more going on. They have costumes and camera equipment and dismounts. So it's like, do you even have time to get to that? Cause you're doing everything else. So we'll, we'll put all that together that maybe the experience um was was part of it for her with the props and whatnot the whipped cream
2: and all the oh. gold stars there's some she had to have had a real a good time at other
1: times
0: I mean yeah I oh, guess a good time it's, it's, it's been a, solved a,
1: a, it's been solved <laughs> we, we said um <laughs> I mean Hemingway ran out of stories to tell and him shot himself you know you guys just keep going <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but yeah I think that um you know, she just was, I don't want to say a maniac, but, you know, the few times where she didn't get any, you know, she's wall, um, relining the shelves in the kitchen and wanting the French kiss pillows. So it's like, she, you know, can't be without a man. As Rose says in the pilot, it's true. She can't.
1: You know I love, saying, can you say, yeah. can you say pillows again? The <laughs> Pillow. way you said it? <laughs> that was so good.
0: Um, Magnificent. um so she's just you know a sex fiend i think if the show was on today she would be classified as a nymphomaniac probably
1: oh yeah for sure but i think what's interesting is like clearly you know george couldn't contain himself either and it's like this this yeah. is like you know we have we have the product of <laughs> of his his uh very poor protective purposes as you called attention to earlier okay mm-hmm. um but when we, you know, you know, you guys were talking about, like, episodes in the future, when, like, again, when Rose is, like, worried about Charlie sleeping with Blanche, speaking of nymphomania, you know, you're an animal. <laughs> pontoon boat, oh my god. Um, uh-huh. But what I actually find is, like, this is interesting that this episode comes before Mrs. George Devereaux, which, like, you know, again, talk about the sunny, you know, the sunny Bono connection, um, where every time George is, Sunny is. Um, but... <laughs> But I think it's interesting because that episode is so heartfelt and like so lovely and very romantic and you then you're like but wait a minute I forgot this guy cheated on her not that it undoes all the romance but it's interesting that this appears first (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Um, it can it can for sure. I
0: started watching that today thinking it was this one because I got the titles mixed up I'm like well this must be it um because they're just they are so similar that I was right a little bit I got Martha Ray and Madge mixed up again exactly Um, I feel like maybe the writers were like hey well maybe we got to smooth this over so they don't hate him um because it's kind of like he's not here to defend himself you know um if anything she should have brought that up when he was back from the dead like hey uh what about David but yeah uh, right (laughs) I guess it made it okay uh, and we got that weird ass uh, outro like with the empty nest promise me you won't die where she's just like in the bed and then it fades away which I don't care for that too much no it's- I
2: agree it kind of it takes me out of it and maybe Sonny Bono wanted to like reclaim his um his, his himself <laughs> his own role yes. so they brought him back too um but I think that those two are kind of two sides of the same coin like her reaction to it is like in Mrs. George Chevrolet you know yeah it's like soft and romantic and it's like clear that he's the only man she actually ever loved and in this one I think it's kind of like that but it's a little less it's a little more like self-centered or like sinister almost because I think he's the only man that could have ever made her feel this way um by cheating on her and it's like it's sort of like Barrett we were saying in the beginning like it's definitely about the betrayal of him but it's really largely about her ego too i think um and i think those are the two things that she holds in the most like the highest standard which i would argue like part of it is good like you want to hold yourself up just as high as you ever hold your partner but you also can't get yourself worth from believing that your partner loves you only you know
1: right exactly i I think Uh, it's interesting because at the end she turns around right and she does a good thing in terms of like she's participating in the reminiscence about what she does love about George, like inherently, right? And that's like the, you know, if you love them, let it go kind of vibe of like, you know, if you truly do love someone, you can celebrate them for everything that they are, including their faults, right? I think that's where this episode does end up. Um, but to my earlier point, I just, I want her to have a little bit more rage and some of that self-reflection that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. I
0: feel like she was more devastated by Harry, which again, I think was because he had the nerve to cheat on her, but she's like in the shower, uh, you know, singing to herself or whatever. And she finally comes out of it, but they mentioned it had been like right. weeks of her, you know, the museum is going to fire her. So this guy <laughs> yeah. you just met has you more upset than your husband of decades with this child that you didn't know about priorities um <laughs> to be
1: fair she she has grown a lot since season one
0: <laughs> true um I guess I just feel like at that point in their lives that she would have responded differently because as we mentioned oh, our, absolutely. Um, our episode that the older you get you know there's less that you're going to put up with like I think about when I was first dating the stuff that I would allow and I'm like I wish the hell somebody would do that now um and <laughs> she's you know 49 50 and she's still allowing this stuff um but I think again that's just how she was raised I mean was her upbringing and we just allow these things and to think she could have had Andy Rooney which I always think of Mickey Rooney at first and I'm like me too um because they (laughs) kind of look like you (laughs) You mean the chowder
1: cook from Bale New Jersey
0: (laughs) um but I also um wanted to get my other scholarly research in here because I don't think there'll be any more on my show um (laughs) the (laughs) Carol Surprise I didn't know what that was I had to look that up
1: Ah, oh, quelle um, surprise! I
0: say it, that all the uh, time. It's French. Such a beautiful we language. use it in English to mean what a surprise without changing the French at all. In fact, we even pronounce surprise in the French way rather than the English way. So. There's- I will
1: say I, I thank Dorothy Zbornak for that, because if I saw that written down, I would absolutely say Kel Surprise, <laughs> like a yeah, good old I, American.
0: <laughs> I spelled it completely wrong trying to Google it. And I'm shocked that Rose knew what it was. I don't know if she was just going along with it. Like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. Or if she genuinely would have known that. I find that hard to believe. Good
1: old synergism. <laughs> um,
0: I'm not one to kiss and cathartarize. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I feel like we get a lot of damn George episodes, like the Jamie thing, like nobody else got this many episodes dedicated to them. I don't think there was ever a legitimate Charlie episode or a legitimate Sal episode. They were just sprinkled in. Only Stan, because he's still alive uh, until Golden Palace. Makes you want to watch it, doesn't it? But big um, <laughs> I think that um, that's it's kind of weird. Like, why is it always so much about George? Like, is he just that fantastic?
3: well yeah I think she thought he was
0: but why did the why writers he- late lean into that so much to where he needed his own episode like three times
1: I don't know I think it's interesting because they they present them all differently right like to your point Stan's still alive so he is an active participant in many episodes we only see Sal in flashback we never see Charlie and then in with George we have this weird blend of like talking about him and his actions in the present, as well as like imagining him in a dream state, as well as seeing his brother who looks exactly like him without a mustache. (laughs) It's like, it's just kind of like a different device they use to sort of bring all these quote unquote husbands back from the dead. It's really fascinating. We never
0: hear enough about Charlie. I think it's only like in regards to, you know, their money or a quick story or when we finally get to see what he looks like on Golden Palace. (laughs) But um, I think that George is kind of romanticized, not just by Blanche, but by the writers as someone worthy of three episodes, someone you should want to hear more about because he's so successful and so amazing. And I just never really noticed it until this episode, how much they do that. Like, what about Charlie? Damn, can I hear his backstory or something?
1: We just hear about him selling insurance wagon, you know, nickel policies (laughs) when he was like really young. Selling Uh shoe
0: horses, uh, horseshoes, I should say. Um, and that's pretty much it. And you know, Kirsten bitching about her spending of the money. But other than that, I guess it's irrelevant. There's nothing else to say about Charlie or Charles, <laughs> as he's referred to in the pilot. Charles, why teller?
1: Why? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, Coco,
2: I was never um, much murdered when I
1: was with Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you were murdered by Charles. <laughs> Um, I do want to call out uh, two lines actually three lines we didn't talk about. Um, well, one is a silent line where, you know, we have the whole like you're going to hit me with that newspaper um, and Dorothy hands the paper to Blanche and like you can almost see it coming but it's still like the funniest visual gag <laughs> that happens. Is that the last ones.
0: time we see Rose hit with the newspaper on Golden Girls.
1: I don't think it's the last time I think we're just turning up to the to think the of all paper hits. I don't know. I Like somebody needs to make a compilation video if they haven't already. So somebody get on that um, or send me a link. (laughs) (laughs) But the other two um, in the very beginning where like (laughs) Sophia's talking about um, how she has to like, you know, what she has to look forward to or the challenges of like getting old age. And it's a really great beat of like trying to get halfway across the street before the don't walk sign goes on, (laughs) staying awake (laughs) on the John, hoping it is the John. I mean, it's like really good you know, again, they, they leaning into the old people humor. I I think it's just like really good writing, um, to open up with, which is, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice oblique way of her being like, and that's why we have to do this pageant for this place that I supposedly hate and definitely don't live anymore. All right. Um,
0: (laughs) And I think about that every time I walk the dog, because we do have to go across this very busy street and I'm always rushing to try to make it in time before, the thing uh changes right so, well if Sophia can do it then i think i'll feel okay. i mean
1: for real but I, I i have a lot to say about just like how you know pedestrians don't have a place in american society and they damn well should but that's another episode or podcast entirely <laughs> that's we'll do also the, the grace on, and freaky one um, yeah
2: the grace and freaky that's what i was just gonna say there right? that's a it's a so it must really be like a real thing that comes up as you age um particularly for like those things comes up streets, when you're so pregnant total sense. yeah <laughs> It
1: comes I'm up when slow. you're just slow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the third line I wanted to bring up was the really good uh, connection where, you know, Sophia's talking about one of the judges and she's like, oh yeah, I hear he's got this fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they walk into the next room and Blanche is like, by the way, this little bald guy, <laughs> it's really great. Like it's a it's a really good beat of like the connection of how Blanche just knows everyone's kink
0: right like at the um for claxton at the courthouse she knew yo shut up ed and she uh she slept with the the guys from the uh citrus festival like she knows everyone in in high high positions
1: in all positions yeah (laughs) Um, and
0: and i love whenever dorothy like like shoves sophia through a door like give me that and you know grab something from her just in in utter disgust. And that was one of those moments, so I always love that. And um, when, when she hit her with the newspaper, I always watch when they eat and especially Rue because she takes the tiniest microscopic bites of whatever she's eating as she talks. And I, for whatever reason, zero in on that. Whatever cookie that she was eating, it made me want one. I'm gonna assume it was a ginger snap, um, but she did make it look very delicious. Just wanted to put that out there. Maybe that's the Atlanta style cookies that they're gonna have at this Golden Girls pop-up that's $50. So, maybe that's it. And see.
1: And see. And scene, And scene. Um, Yeah. Does anybody have anything else about this one that we didn't cover?
0: I um, notes here. I
2: just want to bring up the dresses when they come in from the Shane Pines mother daughter. Oh, uh-huh, yes. They're wonderful. Such a good look. Um, and. I also just like love, we we referenced it earlier, but I do love the line when Sophia is talking about, you know, Dorothy and her are going to be cutting ribbons at Piggly Wiggly. Um, Yeah. It's funny. And it's like kind of a rare sort of like, I mean, not that rare, I guess, but like as we move through like a relatively rare moment of Dorothy and um, Sophia, like actually seeming to have done something fun together that's not forced, you know, like it's not like forced quality time and it's not like Sophia like digging at Dorothy. So I think it's cute. I like, I, again, I wish we got to see footage of the pageant. And yeah, like Chris from Golden Girls posters, I think tweeted this and Barrett, um, you said it earlier, but like it sucks that didn't get to go.
0: Right. Like they couldn't talk later. He waited all these years. Exactly. Uh-
2: What's <laughs> another hour?
0: And um, I love that Dorothy's always in a matching dress with someone. Once again, um, and I, I felt like it was cute on both of them, despite you know their size difference, and, you know height and everything. I felt like it worked, but especially her, and she got what she wanted, you know, something in in basic black, very simple, very very simple, as she said in the um, other episode. Um, but it was interesting that they said Piggly Wiggly because I feel like every other time it's A and P all the time, A and P, A and P. Um, but I guess for Shady Pines, it's gonna have to be. Uh, <laughs> The Piggly Wiggly, which I've never been to, but it does exist.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely an AMP, AMP gal. <laughs> I didn't know what Piggly Wiggly was. I've never been to it uh,
0: personally. And they reference Mr. Whipple a lot as well when they talk about the grocery store. I don't know that's why right. that's right. such a thing. Um, but I only other note I think I have is from when they were singing and I put B was really feeling it because she uh-huh. was. She was living the fantasy. That was her, her drag moment, um, dressing up like Cher. And I feel like that should be its own like doll or action figure since they're still shelling out new stuff. Hopefully this one won't be ripped like the, the B. Arthur action figure I have now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I would love that. if they Mattel, if you're listening, um, please release that. Thank you.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Mattel is always listening.
2: <laughs> Move over, Chad Michaels. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Did anyone catch it when Rose said that um, 1951 was the first year they let humans enter the federal yeah. beauty pageant?
0: She's always doing stuff where it's like a, a person and an animal. Like I think their obstetrician saw animals and people. Like,
1: obstetrician magician.
0: Right. Well, the on? cow
1: was in the room because it's the law. <laughs> <laughs> so, it seems it's on there.
2: She lost the <laughs> intelligence quiz. <laughs>
1: All right, well, I think if if uh, we don't have anything else to uh, discuss about Doug Henning at all, I um, just really yeah. want to thank Kay and Barrett, uh, the hosts of So Good We Named It on our amazing crossover episode of So Good Enough, Wicker Named It uh, podcast episodes. Thank you both for being here. I'm really excited to talk about how men are scum with both of you. It's well, thank so you much. for having me.
0: All yeah,
1: uh, right, it's me and you, Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> now I can't wait to get oh. down okay um, when <laughs> did you get
3: here right you know I just strolled in uh,
0: okay. but yes this this was um I don't want to oversell it but you know it's it's up there it's up there with being a golden kind to go from listening to being on the show I don't know if I can top it after this might as well just make this a series finale um but <laughs> we're welcome back anytime and congratulations to you and little Oreo and uh <laughs> I was hoping you might, you know, go into labor (laughs) during our show for ratings, but whatever. Um, I know, right? I'm very, very excited and I appreciate it. And I will continue listening. And everyone that's listening that doesn't know our podcast, please feel free to check it out. And make sure
3: to join us next time on Enough Wicker where we're going to discuss the horrors of HIV and AIDS crisis, as well as sacrificing the town's dumbest virgin. (laughs) Take care, everybody.